0: The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.
1: This is Sunday Edition with Anthony Corona, every week here on ACB Media One, that's American Council of the Blind, Media One, and soon after on all your major podcast catchers. Each week, we'll dive into the news, human interest, and discussions about the issues surrounding all of us in and out of the American Council of the Blind community. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Sunday Edition. I'm your host, Anthony Corona, and we have a great show for you today. But we're going to do a little housekeeping and some announcements before we get into the heart of the matter. And today, I'm going to go backwards. Connecting and broadcasting us in um, Clubhouse is Lucy. Hey, Lucy.
2: Hey there. Sorry about that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. And Lucy will let us know if you folks in Clubhouse have some comments or questions and want to join the conversation uh hosting for us is marianne welcome back to sunday edition marianne
3: thank you it's great to be here anthony
1: absolutely thank you and as always executive producer extraordinaire ms brindley welcome 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 hey good morning how you doing i'm doing okay how about yourself good good how's your week been uh it's
4: been crazy. Uh you know, I've got Halloween coming up and I'm just uh frantically trying to get my costume together and uh get ready for the the fun zone with uh, the Halloween theme and uh all kinds of all kinds of nutty stuff going on here.
1: Oh, can you tease us what your costume's going to be?
4: My costume is going to be a Star Trek the Next Generation um, you know, engineer. Uh, However, I'm going to modify the costume a little bit. So instead of having like your your black pants, I'm going to have a skirt and probably some sort of like fishnets or something. So it'll be like your TNG shirt and then just fun stuff, you know, below the belt.
1: Oh, speaking of Halloween, Bryn also executive produce and oversees the Pride Connection podcast. What's uh, what's in the rotation right now, Bryn?
4: Yeah, so we just uh, released our Halloween episode. And so we all talked about our favorite Halloween costumes and how that intersects with our um Uh, sexuality and our gender identity and various other aspects of uh, being part of the LGBTQ community. Um, And uh, we talked about our favorite candy and our favorite moments. Uh, It was a really fun episode. And there is even an audio drama in there that was produced by our our very own Tristan, uh, Tristan Snyder.
1: Quite um, spooky, um, very reminiscent of, uh, you know, don't open that door or don't go down those stairs kind of feeling, right?
4: Right, yes. Like you got your radio turned on in the middle of the night and you've got the, you know, the the monster lurking under your bed as you listen. And you're like, oh. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Let me ask you, Bryn, do you have November 14th marked off on your calendar?
4: You bet I do
1: the audio description gala is november 14th and it will be simulcast um in spanish as well i don't remember which um which i think media aid is spanish um but you know there's be plenty of information on the list about that so if you have not marked your calendar mark november 14th at 7 30 p.m for the gala next sunday right here on sunday edition we will have tap of the Kenling, um, Kim Charlson for a few minutes, and Carl Richardson with a surprise guest, which I cannot reveal right now, but it's going to be a great uh, a great program all about the gala. We can get some of your questions answered, so join us next Sunday. And um, coming up this Friday, Behind the Music, the, uh, the call that we do that is... Uh, where we go a little bit more in depth into the stories behind the songs that we decide to do for karaoke or share our original pieces and the story behind the creation of them. Um very pleased to announce that Lisa Brooks will be guest hosting with Tim Cummings. Um, I will be in travel to the Florida Council of the Blind Mid-Year Board Meeting. So she graciously stepped up and agreed to take my slot for the week. Um, the only difference between this week and any other time we do the show is I'm asking everybody to get those submissions into Sunday edition, AAC, at gmail.com, by noon that day. <clears throat> Excuse me, by noon, um, Friday the 3rd, so that I can get the set list built and get everything over to Tim that he will need for the evening. So Friday by 12 p.m., please have your submissions in. And we have some fundraising information about Next Generation Brain. Would you mind reading that announcement for us?
4: Announcements, announcements, announcements. (laughs) Absolutely, I can do that. Um, Join us for the ACB Next Generation Pure Haven fundraiser, commencing on October 28th and running through December 5th. We're thrilled to have Jennifer Bolling, that's spelled B-O-L-L-I-N-G, as our dedicated consultant for this exciting event. Pure Haven's mission is all about empowering individuals to make pure, safe, and alternative personal care choices to lead to the healthiest lifestyle possible. Mark your calendars for a Zoom meeting with Jennifer and another Pure Haven consultant on Friday, November 3rd, at 8 p.m. Eastern, that's Friday, November 3rd, at 8 p.m. Eastern. Check your ACB community listings, I'm sure that will be there, Uh, or the ACB Next Gen Facebook or mailing list. Uh, This is your chance to learn about Pure Haven and discover a range of products that can kickstart your journey towards a non-toxic lifestyle. You'll have an opportunity to ask questions and receive assistance with your orders. But that's not all. Starting on November 17th and running through November 21st, Jennifer will host a fun-filled Facebook-style party complete with games and prizes. What's even more incredible is that Jennifer is uh, making a generous gesture by donating 50% of her income from this fundraiser to ACB Next Generation. By participating, you not only gain access to safe and wholesome products, but you contribute to a great cause. So join us uh, in this meaningful endeavor. For more information, you can visit shop.purehaven.com dot com and the party number is three one one nine five three. Again, that's shop.purehaven.com and that party number is three one one nine five three. And I don't hear Anthony did we lose he, him
5: he left the meeting
4: yeah he left the meeting for
6: some reason bren i'm not oh, sure what happened. oh he no must
4: have gotten knocked oh, off. oh dear yeah. well yeah. geez you know i was you know you you just know, know. that the universe is going to do that to you that copy got read perfectly not one stammer not one screw up it just i was like wow i did that so well ai couldn't have beaten me and then, of course, I get to the yeah. End. I hope he
3: didn't lose internet because um, <laughs> I, I happened to me the other day. I lost my internet for the I was hosting and I lost it for a full hour. Oh my goodness! So well, I'll let's just hope
4: he here can, and watch for. Him. Let's hope he can flop over to cellular and uh, connect with us that way and turn off his Wi-Fi uh, if that's the case. Um, So, uh, well, I guess while we're waiting for Anthony, does somebody else want to fill in and talk about what today's show is going to be
7: about? Well, I'm Abby Taylor. I'm one of the presenters and I thought Patty was going to jump in. So that's why I waited about a second. (laughs) But apparently, uh, but that's okay. All right. So Patty and I were just going to be talking about our our uh, friendship. And Anthony's back. Oh, yeah. All right, Anthony, I'll let you take over. Maybe.
4: You got to love technology.
7: (laughs) It's like a spouse. You can't live with it. You can't live without it.
4: Yep. Yep. Anthony, this was so funny because I I read that little uh, announcement flawlessly. And at the end, everything just fell apart.
1: (laughs) Okay. So um, we had some sort of power surge. I heard Bryn reading so eloquently and man, I don't know. And it sounded all like that, and then I was gone. All right, back to Sunday edition. Um, before we jump into the heart of the matter, you still have time if you are a GDUI member to get your votes in by eleven fifty nine PM tonight. And um, and um, today, if you are a BPI member at five PM, we are having our candidates forum for the four director seats that are up this year you can get that information on the bpi discuss list or our whatsapp group all right so sorry for the technical snafu you've got to love technology um thankfully the power didn't go out because it is still hot here in florida and i need the air conditioner so the dogs i'm also going to ask a point of privilege anybody out there who is a dog lover and i think most of us are if you've got an extra pair please, please send it for posh uh, we had an emergency this week. She had to go in for p- eye pressure. Um, luckily, I was at Gabe's going away party for uh, his last day at his current job, and um, the the ladies at at the college told us that she her eye were, was all bloodshot, and um, we brought her immediately to the. It, it was bad. They said it looked bad, and we brought her immediately to the vet, and she has glaucoma. I'm um, taking her to. Uh, a doggy ophthalmologist tomorrow. So if there are any extra prayers, we could definitely use them. Um, Pasha's 12 years old and she is absolutely one of the best dogs I have ever known. She's so smart and sweet and cute and we don't like it when our puppies are uncomfortable. Uh, But luckily... Our little girl is letting us put the eye drops um, in her eyes with very little fuss. So I guess she really isn't feeling good because she does not like anything near her eyes or her ears. Um, She has been known to hop over a bed to try to get away from getting her ears cleaned. So thank you so much. If you have extra prayers, we'll take them. Okay. I think my heart is back to its normal palpitations. So I have been wanting to have this conversation for a while. We were scheduled to do it in November at some point, but... I had a cancellation for today's guest. And so I am so thrilled to welcome Patty Fletcher and Abby Johnson Taylor to Sunday Edition. Welcome, ladies.
7: Thank you. Thank you for having us.
1: Absolutely. Hi. Patty, I- yeah, <laughs> there. I'm here.
5: Um, headphones give me trouble. So I'm Patty Fletcher and I'm in Kingsport, Tennessee, and I'm just releasing a brand new book. And that's what I'm going to talk
1: about today. And Abby, you have a book coming to Bard soon,
7: right? Uh, well, yes. Um, I, 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 the, the Perkins Library is currently in the process of recording my latest novel, "Why Grandma Doesn't Know Me," and um, it. I don't know. It, they started a few weeks ago. I don't know how long the process actually takes, but I'm hoping it'll be up on Bard soon
1: so let's put let's put a pin in the books and the um, marketing conversation and get to know you guys a little bit um Elitis, a little bit and the reason I wanted to have you on together is because I love celebrating friendships and um often we hear it's hard for two women to be friends especially if they're in the same business or or they may be competing for the same space of audience or job space etc. So tell us a little bit about um, how you guys got to know each other and and the arc of your friendship. And you can kind of ping pong back and forth. This is a very conversational show. So feel free to, you know, yuck it up a little bit.
5: So I'll start from the way I remember it. Um, I met Abby through, I joined the Behind Our Eyes right after I published my first book in 2014. And um, from there, we kept bumping into each other in writing groups and um, on social media. I We were reading each other's blogs by then. So we were just kind of out there in the writing community and getting to know each other. When Abby and I started working more closely together, there were times that um, I can just say that we didn't always agree with how something should be done or the way we viewed things, but we always managed to keep a professional line drawn uh, across the personal, and now I work very well with her. She edits for me uh in the writer's grapevine and we guessed on each other's blogs and now shut up and let abby tell her what she thinks and remembers
7: (laughs) okay well thank you patty well yeah i think ditto everything patty said we did have our rough patches and you know but every every relationship does whether it's a a, a woman to woman friendship or if it's you know man woman whatever every relationship's going to have its hard rocks and hard places they're just you know it's not all gonna be perfect but we worked it out and yes um yeah patty and i was just amazed at at how patty has been one of my biggest fans over the years and just amazed at how she you know really you know tries to promote people's work and Mm -hmm. you know she's had hard times herself which i won't go into i'll let her talk about them if she wants to but despite all that she just you know keeps going and perseveres. And it, it's just wonderful to see. So.
5: so, so and, my, hang on oh, a second. I don't. Um, Abby doesn't give herself quite the credit. That she <laughs> should. So right as COVID. Was beginning. <clears throat> we were beginning to hear about it. Lockdown was happening. Um, suddenly. My computer decided to die. And Mm-mm. nobody could bring it. Back to any semblance of reality. And the next thing I know, Abby's asking my permission to do a fundraiser. And she did a fundraiser during all this craziness beginning and raised money to get a new computer for me. Wow. So um, I would say that Abby is, um, you know, like she said, we had our rough points at first, but. I can just tell you that when the chips are down, Abby is who you want on your corner. And speaking of corners, she has one. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and and folks, we're talking poetry, not, you know, with a tin cup or um, <laughs> no. you know, the other kind of corner. <laughs> no, it's in the blogosphere corner. <clears throat> Patty I I I love your sense of humor um and I love your bluntness I think you and I are very much alike in that area um where the both of you are very much alike is you are very uplifting and supporting to other artists other authors um you know other just other folks in the community um there's a lot of support within your writings and spaces let me ask you each and we'll go uh, Abby first and then Patty how are you inspired by each other what what pieces of personality or or you know things about the other inspires you abby
7: well okay oh excuse me all right well uh as i said earlier i think i i'm inspired by the fact that patty has gone through so much uh you know uh, more than any anyone can imagine And she's still having some rough times here and there, but yet she still manages to maintain this positive attitude. And, and I've learned from that. And so whenever things go wrong, I just say, okay, I'm going to make, because this is what she says, it's going to be a good day because I'm going to make it that way. And so her attitude has inspired a change in mine. And no matter what hits me, what curveballs life throws my way, um, I'm just going to say, okay, it's going to be a good day. It's going to be all right. It's going to be a good day. I'm going to remain positive and make it that way. It may not be easy, but I'm going to do it. And so that's, that's my story.
1: Awesome. How about you, Patty?
5: Well, I have found that I'm real impressed with abby's commitment to writing in both a personal and professional way her writing is all even her fiction it very much touches the heart or soul of whoever is reading it um you're always going to walk away changed and with uh thoughts new thoughts uh, in your mind and uh, a lot of her work i mean to write uh her my ideal partner i to live that and go through it and then write about it and yeah. stand and talk about it and I always hear the love for Bill in Abby when she talks about her book and him and their their time together, and that has always touched me deeply, and also Abby was instrumental with her music in Bringing me back to finding the joy and the spirit in Christmas because I would suffered great personal loss and the holiday was just numb to me and I wanted it back and her she sent me something and um, I cling to it even yet so uh, that's, you know, we have a history. Okay.
1: So, what would you say is the quirkiest thing about each other?
0: (laughs) I'll let you have that, Abby. (laughs) Oh, okay. uh, Uh,
5: okay. No no wrong answer. No wrong answer. No wrong
7: answer. I think the quirkiest thing about Patty is her sense of (laughs) humor. The quirkiest thing about Patty is her sense of humor. Uh, And, you know, and and she Uh, manages to laugh no matter what is happening. And that I I that that's the quirkiest thing I can think of about her. So now it's your turn, Patty.
5: Yeah. <laughs> so I think the quirkiest thing about Abby, which has also turned out to teach me something, Abby and I balance each other, is Abby is not not completely or she couldn't write fiction. But sometimes Abby can be literal and I laugh. It used to bother me. And now I'm just like, no, because I get to tell the joke again. (laughs) And and in the end, we all laugh, you know. And um, she's just this really awesome, open. And at first, I didn't think that she was open. And then I started reading her poetry, which taught me something about poetry. And I learned a great deal. And the one lesson that I learned myself at that point is... If you read someone's work, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, you can learn a ton about them that you did not know.
1: Absolutely. Let me ask you this. Um, are you both fans of Little House on the Prairie, by the way?
5: I am. I am, yeah. I grew up with it. I,
1: I sort of picture <laughs> I sort of picture you both as the Mary and Laura. And um I picture oh, Abby Laura. as Mary and you as okay. Laura. Um,
5: Thanks, make is... me the bad girl, because no, Laura <laughs> was naughty. Half, 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 yeah, half, Laura half, was... was naughty, yes, she was.
1: <laughs> she she yeah. was definitely a little naughty, but it yeah, was... Yeah, always... naughty, yeah. <laughs> it usually <laughs> always had a good root to it, though, whatever the I naughtiness
5: was. The, I wear the character with pride
1: there. So,
7: <laughs>
5: like, my Halloween costume... Is... <laughs>
7: Well, now, here's the what, funny thing, because Mary is totally blind and Patty is totally blind. And so right. I thought surely, Patty see. would end up being a <laughs> character. Okay, like, I have he is vision, totally
5: so. doing personality checks on us, Abby. And <laughs> I didn't expect it either. So there <laughs> great.
1: I, Sunday edition always throws a few curveballs. What is something surprising about each other that you found through, you know, the friendship and working together?
7: Uh, I need to think about that. Patty, do you want to go first? So please? sure. Um, for
5: me, so like I said, when I first cause I Abby and I come from different backgrounds and different situations and that sometimes makes for way different experiences. And I began to uh read her rather than just reading a an email or uh some quick comment somewhere. And I began to read her blog and then her books. And I began to realize there was way lots more to Abby. There were layers. And the more you went, the better it got. And um, I know her much differently now than I did. And um, so reading her and then working with her personally and professionally has been... uh, a very growing experience for me. Because like I said, we kind of balance each other out. I'm daring and mouthy and whatever. And Abby tends to be like, now, are you sure this is really a good idea? Or if she approaches me with something that she knows might be passionately ignited for me, she'll say, now don't, don't lose your... Don't fly off the handle or stay, stay, whatever, you know, just some little line to let me know to just chill out and listen. And it works so wonderfully now. And it's one of the things I love about it because she's balanced and uh, helps me out than that. And I need that.
7: Well, okay. I, you know, I, you know, I'm thinking the same thing about patty in a way except that you know because because you know it took me a while to you know get to know her but then once i read more of her blog i you know i read more and more about her i liked what i read and um i just think it's amazing that she has uh she th- that she can do and of course i can too but she does both fiction and non-fiction you know she's written or her non-fiction <laughs> books about the guide dog but then she's also just came out with a um, a science fiction fantasy book, and so it—that's it, surprising to me that she can kind of shift gears like Ooh, that. I write. It would surprise but I don't... me too,
5: just to let you know. <laughs>
7: <laughs> well, I write fiction too, but I don't. I've never written science fiction, so I think that's a big shift from from memoir to science. Yeah, fiction. it was right there. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, as as a fellow writer, um, I, you know my my fiction that has been published has mostly been published under a pen name. Um, and I I actually wrote a romance novel. Um, it, it's a lot easier for me to share some. You know, I think most writers you can't keep yourself out of your work. You know, something of you. Um, and, and I liken it. <clears throat> excuse me. I liken it to I, I once interviewed a famous pianist, and um she said you can be as as technically proficient you can you can make beautiful sound um you know by following the notes but unless you put something in your, of yourself into the music you're not going to connect with your audience and I, and i kind of feel like that's you know the for all artists in different ways and and with writing you know it, it's almost inescapable that pieces of yourself you know don't follow and fall into into your work and having said that you know both of you write a lot about overcoming pain finding joy refinding joy um you know or coming through the pain and and i'm wondering if you could share a little bit about the process of uh you know it's it has to be hard to let that level of vulnerability out into the world i wonder if if you could each speak a little about that
7: well i i think it it is hard to let that out um and, uh, you know, when I after, when I wrote My Ideal Partner, I started it soon after Bill passed and I got as much as I could down, but then I had to put it aside because it was just too painful. But I'm glad that I started, got down what I did, because when I did feel ready to come back to it, I'd forgotten a lot of the details of how I did all the transfers, uh, uh, for, uh, getting him from the bed to the wheelchair to the recliner and everything. I'd forgotten most of how I did all that. So yeah, but it it is hard. It is hard to write about things that, that are that are painful. But um I, I did it, you know, sometimes you know when you're ready, you just do it. And I mean that's really all I can say about it.
5: <clears throat> sorry. Are you ready for me? Yes,
7: yes. I think so. Okay.
5: All right. So um sorry, I have loud car outside my window. Um anyway. So for me. The first time that I wrote the first book I wrote, I was so eager to tell everybody about certain things and kind of oh well, I'll just kind of barely mention it about other things. And the book was in places uh, it was it was okay, but I began to get some raw feedback some from some really good friends and one fellow author. Peter Altschul wrote in his review, um, he pointed out what was good and, and things. And then he said, you know, one thing I have a problem with is lack of detail in certain things. You know, if you're going to bring it up and then he said, if you be, be, uh, hot or be cold, but don't be lukewarm. And that really struck me. So I went back by then I'd written Bubba tales. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And that's a literary fiction, and the dog told the story, and uh, that was fun, and I did Wish of the Wee Golden, and that was fun, but after that, I went back and I read Campbell's Rambles from 2014, and I looked at it, and I said, okay, some of what they want to know is really rough, and... If they, you know, are they going to be sorry? They asked, am I going to be sorry? I told them, and then I just sat down and wrote it. And, um, if you read Pathway to Freedom, Broken and Healed, the How I Seeing I Dog Retrieve My Life book that is available on NLS. If you get to that, the, you know, there are parts of it in the book that are rough, but if you make it to the afterward, And shame on you if you read that first. But if you make it to the afterward, um, you will find out that I really opened up the door and just told it like it was. It was very raw, and I did not edit much at all. And it took me six hours to write. So, um, and then so Abby talks about having it hard uh, to write certain things down, and how the fiction was easier. And the fiction is easier because you can speak freely as a character and you have the disclaimer saying people, places and things are not being represented here. This is a fiction. And, uh, you know, any resemblance is coincidence. And if you're careful, you can do that nicely. And so um, my fiction is so much more fun to write because it is world building. It is, I get to say how it is and if it isn't, I get to decide whether I cut your head off or not. And uh, so there, and it's a lot of fun.
1: So, <laughs> Do you, do you go back to your work and uh, what, I guess what I'm asking is, you know, has it been cathartic in ways that surprises you? Yeah.
0: Abby.
7: I'm, I, i'm uh well has it has it surprised me no I, I i you know i don't think i do enjoy reading uh you know my i i i you know here's a here's a funny thing i can edit and edit and edit till the cows come home but um when it then i would never get anything published so I'm all when and whenever I do read something I wrote, I keep thinking, "Oh, you know what? I could have said it this way. Uh-huh. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done this." And, you know, it, it never, it never stops. You know, so but there just has to come a time when, when as long as you've got, you know, all your eyes dotted and your or your <laughs> your t's right. crossed and your eyes dotted and you know all your grammar and punctuation is correct, it just needs to go. You know, because you can't, you know, you can't play around with it forever, or you'll never get it out there.
1: All right, we're gonna split up a little bit and get to know each of you one-on-one. Um, I wanna talk about your stories a little bit and then we'll come back together about the end inter- of you know, we'll talk about the books marketing and and Abby, I hope you're gonna grace us with a little bit of music later on sure, in the program. Sure. Um, so let's let's start with you, Abby. And if you can if you can share a little bit about where you grew up, your your life and Whatever you feel comfortable sharing with us about your life with Belle.
7: Okay. Well, um, I was born in New York City in 1961. And after about a year there, my parents, and I don't remember any of this. I'm going by what I was told. My parents and I, we moved to Boulder, Colorado. We spent a few years there. And then we moved to Tucson, Arizona, and then by that time I was ready to start the first grade. And so I spent the first five and a half years of my elementary school education at the Arizona State School for the Deaf and Blind. Um, I about the and then I was held back in fifth grade, which my parents and I were not too happy about. And about halfway through that year, for that my second fifth grade year, my parents were finally. Able to get me out of the school for the blind and mainstreamed into a public school, and then that went. And then, and then the year after that, the summer after that happened in 1973, we moved here to Sheridan, Wyoming, where I've lived ever since. I went away to school after graduating from high school, but then I came back. Um, I became a registered music therapist. I worked for 15 years in a nursing home and in other senior facilities. I also uh, did some volunteer work. I, uh, I taught braille at a local summer camp for the blind. I facilitate a support group for visually impaired adults. Um, I fit, served on the advisory board to a state trust fund that provides adaptive equipment to children and adults who are blind or visually impaired. And then finally, I, I met I met Bill in 2003 when I was still working at the nursing home and doing all this other stuff. Long story short, we carried on a, a long distance relationship via email and occasionally by phone. I visited him a couple of times. He was living in Fowler, Colorado, and I was living here in Sheridan, Wyoming. And we met, by the way, through Newsreel, which is an audio magazine where. Wow. And visu- yeah, we blind and visually impaired yeah. adults can uh, share stuff anyway. So um. All right, so anyway, in 2005, 2005, he proposed to me and we were married six months later here in Sheridan and then we lived here and then he suffered the first of two strokes in 2006. Um, He uh, went to a nursing home for nine months for therapy. He came home, I took care of him. In 2007, when we were hoping he would be back on his feet again, he suffered a second stroke and then he never got back on his feet. I took care of him for six years until he finally passed in 2012. And so, and then I've just been writing ever since I've got six books published now, and I'm hoping to publish a short story collection probably next year. So that's it in a nutshell.
1: So let me go back to, to music therapy. Um, Usually when we hear about music therapists, we hear about them in the schools or in children's programs. What is it like doing it in, in adult facilities or, you know, in, in elderly care facilities?
7: It can be rewarding. Um, uh, the uh, I what what we do mostly there is we're we're basically just bringing back memories. There's really not a whole lot you can do with nursing home residents, you know, once if they have Alzheimer's that kind of thing. But if you can, you know, bring back memories and bring some kind of joy to their lives, you know, that that's that's the important thing. And so that's what I tried to do I did a lot of you know singing activities we did something called musical bingo which where I sang songs instead of calling out numbers and letters we did name that tune we did a music and memories activity where we would sing songs related to a specific theme and then I would encourage the residents to reminisce about that theme and and just different things like that and then I also worked one-on-one with residents who were bedridden or isolated for one reason or another and so that that that's how that worked.
1: What do you think Bill would say about your books and, you know, the the path you've taken
7: now? Well, he he was another one of my biggest fans. I remember when my first novel, We Shall Overcome, came out and I got the printed books from the publisher. He wanted to see the book. Now, he was totally blind. And, of course, by that time, he was partially paralyzed. So he sit in his recliner and I handed him the book. He held it in his hands and i could just imagine the broad grin on his face when he said my wife the published author and so yeah. i'm imagining him in heaven or wherever just smiling down and and just and just being happy because he was always you know he was by my side during book signings he must have ordered we shall overcome from our regional library umpteen million times and and, and read it umpteen million times i mean he he would he would just so supportive, and he would just be so happy at what I'm doing right now.
1: And talk to us a little about your music. Um, you know, did you, were you connected with music from the very start, or was there something that brought you to musicality, and did it change during those 15 years of, of, of having to use it as a profession?
7: Well, when I was, as uh, my parents exposed me to a lot of music, mostly classical as a small child. And so as a result, I developed perfect pitch. And so I started taking piano lessons when I was about five years old. And my mother loved to tell people this story. Uh, they had gotten a used upright piano. And and they thought it would just be, it would be a toy for me. But then one day my mother said she heard me playing Da da, da 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 da. da And she immediately went to call a piano teacher. And so that's and so then I started taking piano lessons out off and on. And so I always had music in my life. And then when I was 12, I actually started singing and then accompanying myself on the piano. And I've been doing that off and on ever since. And when I took when I went into music therapy, I learned to play the guitar because that's more portable than a piano. And so I do both guitar and piano and I sing. And even though I'm not practicing music therapy anymore, I still entertain at local senior facilities. I sing with two choral groups um, that perform in various locations. And of course, in about five weeks, we'll be doing Christmas performances. And Mm. so, and of course I do karaoke and behind the music and the other community programs that you know where I can entertain as well
1: well it doesn't surprise me that you have perfect pitch um you you know the music that you submit is always beautiful um but there's always you can feel your emotion through through the music and you know often you'll you'll share what what inspired you to record that that specific song a lot a lot of times you'll talk about bill um how different of a vehicle is it for expressing your emotions music versus writing
7: well you know some of the songs that i recorded for karaoke um especially those that have a connection with bill were tough not only technically but also emotionally i mean it was hard i i maybe went through maybe have a box of kleenex while doing some of those songs um So it it can be difficult, but you know, and but so I'm glad to hear that you can hear the emotion in those songs because I do try to portray that. I you know I'm not just singing the the right words and the right notes. I'm interpreting the song and trying to convey convey a specific emotion, and it's difficult. So I'm glad to hear that you're able to hear what I'm conveying in the music.
1: Absolutely, you um, your 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 rendition of Celine Dion's "My Heart Will Go On" inspired me to go back and and put my you know the first time I sang it it was when we were still doing live karaoke and right. it was bad
0: oh, it was bad yeah. I know it was oh. bad
1: um, but it, it inspired me to go back and put myself into it and really you know instead of trying to emulate her and and find high notes and find the you know places to you know quote unquote shine to find the, what the song means to me and make it my own. Um, right. So thank you for that. Absolutely. But, you know, it I, we truly do hear you, you know, beyond your voice. We hear you and and, and most of the music you submit. And um, last night's Ring of Fire, by the way, um, <laughs> pleasantly, pleasantly surprised me. I, I thought to myself, okay, this is not one, um, this is not one I thought she'd have fun with. Um, but you could tell you definitely had fun with it.
7: Yeah, yeah. Well, part of the problem is the idea of falling into a burning ring of any a fire and being consumed, even if it is love. I mean that that's scary to me. So, and that was the whole idea of last night's theme was what scares you, and to bring that out. And so, yeah, yeah.
1: To the the would be the budding artist, the the I'm afraid to actually. You know, pull the trigger or take that first step up the stairs. You know, the artist is there, and, and and they may be writing poetry or they may be playing, you know, with their guitar and and creating melodies we haven't heard before, but are afraid to put themselves and their work out into the world. What would you say to them? You know,
7: you, you just have to do it. You just have to. You just have to do it. Um, you know. Yes it 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 is. It's scary. But once you start doing it, you know, it'll get better and you'll, you'll feel that sense of accomplishment once you get it done. So you just need to just do it.
1: And can you share with us your impressions on the ACB community, both the call structure system, but the ACB family as a whole?
7: Well, I find it a very, a very supportive family. And in the past couple of years, I've enjoyed participating in a variety of events. And then I have actually been facilitating. I facilitate my own call the second Wednesday of the month. And it's kind of like what I do at the nursing home without the music. We just reminisce. I pick a topic. I find some questions to ask. And we just reminisce for an hour on different things. And and people seem to enjoy that. And so that, that's that. So that's why I've enjoyed using the community and I'll, and I'll keep, you know, I will keep participating for as long as I, as I can. So it's, it's a great program. I'm glad that it started when it did, because otherwise what, what people, what people have done during COVID, it really couldn't do much else when you're locked down. So that's, it's great.
1: So abby stick around and and while we're talking to patty maybe you can think about a verse and a chorus that you can acapella sing for us i'll ask patty but i think she's gonna tell me hell no i'm not singing nothing (laughs) No,
5: no i'm not and i am telling you no i'm not singing anything so there that will end that um i sent you a nice little recording that's what i do and uh
7: well it's Patty does if you pottery. To
5: play oh yeah, I do that. Patty too. does
7: so so maybe so maybe you can do a well, I guess you can't if you don't have if you're not at the senior center. You could do a pottery demonstration if you could, but maybe not. Well,
5: <laughs> I am thinking about something that I'm gonna talk with Kayla about in the future, but um this is a busy time of year for oh, my yes. mentor Linda. Uh, She's traveling with different places this time of year, so she pops in and out and gets me started or helps me through a project, and then she's gone a little bit, and uh, so I'm kind of on my own, which is scary, but fun. I do have some pictures up on my website, so we'll get to all that I know.
1: All right, so Patty, don't tell us enough that we don't need to go out and get your books, but... Share with us your journey.
5: <clears throat> so, my pathway, what I call my pathway that I have begun to truly acknowledge and realize where I'm at and what I'm doing, began actually after I wrote my first book in 2014. When I wrote that book, and if you read it versus the newest one, both of which are on BARD, if you read them both, you see a significant difference, and the difference happened in 2017, and I did publish that year as well. But I was also having illness, very severe, and it landed me in a nursing therapy learning how to regain my balance and walk and work my guide dog. And it was 30 days of kind of, um, you know, Dante didn't know about that circle. So, um, you know, any, anyway, so my pathway has led me through a lot of uh, self-realization and self-healing and assisting other people because I did that for years as a two-one-one operator and volunteer coordinator, and I love that I can help people in my writing.
1: How about your your path to self forgiveness?
5: Oh, I think that I've gone to that clearing and passed it long ago. There comes a time I wrestled with it for four years, and it tried to kill me a couple of times in the illness because if you don't address issues emotionally they will manifest physically in your body yeah yeah your body has to release it so um anyway you know um after that near-death experience living 48 hours in a kind of a vacuum not knowing if you know the doctor said you know you could die Is there anybody we can call? And I had to say no, because in one way or another, I was estranged from pretty much everybody. I came through that and lived, and I decided to reevaluate and change my life. And so I just said, hey, you have to live and be brave and talk about it, and not only that, but learn and grow from it and do better, you know, improve.
1: Often those of us that write, write for a while or sometimes even a significant amount of time before we actually feel like we're, you know, a real writer. When did that moment come for you that, you know, it was more than just, it was more than just something you did, that it was a calling, that it was something you were actually meant to do?
5: Well, when that happened was long before I was ever published officially. I was in the eighth grade in public school, and I had an amazing public school English literature teacher, and he assigned us writing projects, and I decided to write one. He gave us categories we could write for extra credit, and I wrote a short story in his word count. I think it was like twenty five hundred or something, you know, not not long. Maybe maybe three thousand. So whatever it was, I typed it. My mother had gotten me a typewriter and so I typed it and I got an A on it. Later I my mother recorded it and I transcribed it into Braille. Later still, I took it with me to the Tennessee School for the Blind in the ninth grade. And my music teacher of all persons took it home with her. She and her partner read it. They bound it into like a cardboard binding with rings and made Aww. it a book. Made it a book. And I still have it. It was called The Long Run. And she advised I changed the title. And I never got around to that. I still have it in its braille form. I knew then that I could write because somebody took the time to create a book out of what I wrote. And it couldn't have been that good. And Miss Robinson was an English teacher. She was Miss Regal's partner, and she edited it. And I
1: have that. So, yep. You've been very open about the guide dog experience and how that's changed you, and and how you've you know gone through the love and, and of course loss of of your first one. And you're also a mom what you know what joy how do you balance the joy with the with the heartbreak
5: well well it's not always balanced um it would be great if life could be all balanced and then I think also it might be a little tedious after a while so uh, to answer your question say for example when when I got Campbell I was in the process of realizing that my life was a sham that I was being abused. Like the people I advised every day at work. And I began to come unglued at that point. So, um, I just, I just write what I know. And I just decided that either I would tell it or I wouldn't like Peter said. And, um, I just decided to be open, and when I did that, it it began to draw people because they knew that I wasn't just BSing them. And something else that I noticed, and I don't know if this is the place for it, but it feels like it to me. I recently had problems on Facebook. I took a mm-hmm. long time to grow my Facebook network and turn it into a positive affair. And I takes yeah. some doing on Facebook. It does. Well, I ended up having an issue and I was cloned, hacked, annoyed, whatever you call it. And I had to delete and redo my account. Luckily it saved part of my information and deleted that nastiness. And I was able to come back, but I changed my way of being seen and I moved it to friends. And since that time took out a lot of junk and I'm talking more to people every day. So, I'm out there if you want to talk and that's something else that I think is important. As long as you can be open to your readers as much as possible within reason, mind you, boundaries are important.
1: Absolutely. Let's let's switch gears to the marketing side of things and and the, you know, the promotion and growing because it's it's not just promoting other artists, uh other writers and 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 folks. It's it's cultivating and and helping them find their voices what what prompted that what inspired that and and you know was it a pet project that turned into talk to us about that journey that pathway
5: after my sickness in 2017 I was homebound and I was beginning to learn how to use uh, Facebook and this was 2017 so i also began to see people advertising stuff and i thought i could do that and i started reading blogs and then i started sitting down and adding my own style to it and putting it on my blog and i got kind of good at it you know just kind of right basically i would take their website link And I would reblog it with a little heading, and I would write that little heading for them and lead people to their link, like maybe five lines or six lines, right? And um, people started reading that like it was the New York Times, and I'm like, what in the world? (laughs) What in the world? This is nonsense. This is gibberish. Why do people like this? And this one lady, she goes, well, I think you're good enough that you could charge people for that. And I wrote back with a ha ha. Would you pay me? And she wrote back, "Yes. How much would you charge?" And I had to think about it. Could I do that? And I wrote back and I said, "Well, I was really shy about it." And um she said, "Okay, I'll give you a price." And she said $30. And I nearly fell out of my chair. Somebody wanted to pay me $30 to write a little line to share their work and send it on to the correct place on social media. What in the world? I was floored by that. Just because people don't want to fool with it. So I'll help them with that as long as they provide me the correct sharing information. And people were amazed. I was amazed. I was like, how in the world? And I just grew it from there. But I always want to keep that personal touch. I like to know my clients
1: yeah and you're actually turning you know i was unable to scheduling wise i was unable to go to the call yesterday but you're also turning that into inspiring others um entrepreneur is a job Um, and so talk to if you
5: are getting paid if you can make money doing a service and i guarantee you whether it's your craft or like right now I can think of a dozen things I like to get people for Christmas that I am never going to learn to make. So I need to be able to go somewhere and buy that, whatever it is. And I bet if you can make it, you can sell it. So create a website. It's easy. I have people that I can refer you to that Lord blue. And, um, you know, sorry, he scared me. Um, Anyway, you know, it's out there. If you if you can do it, you can probably make money at it, whether it's a hobby or whether it turns into something that supports you. Don't run out and give up your day job. Um, I got, well, I had to leave mine suddenly. We'll just say that. I became unemployed, so I kind of had no choice. I had to figure out something to do, and I was homebound. So I said, all right, I'm going to try this, and it just took up. And I'm continuing to do it.
1: How much does giving back, um, what's the word? How much does giving back alleviate the, you know, the bumps in the path?
5: A lot. I was very, uh, not proud in a way of all puffed up, like, oh, look at me and how awesome am I kind of thing. But I'm proud to say that I started... Uh, learning the value of volunteering through an organization here at my local town uh, called 211 Contact Concern, and they were a branch here in northeast Tennessee, and I began with them as a volunteer with nothing but a Slayton stylus and a Voxcom note taker. That's how long ago that, that tech was. And I grew from that to an AmeriCorps VISTA learning computer skills and volunteering my time and getting paid for it. And then I was a volunteer coordinator for five years. So I had a wonderful run. And then due to a lot of reasons, I became homebound and began to do this. And um, I like that because it allowed me to continue the work, continue giving of myself and what I was good at to other people to help them along their way. At Contact Concern, I was good at giving out information and referral. At Tell It to the World Marketing, I'm good at helping people point their content in the right direction. Um, I do not create a lot of content. I might write a few lines to introduce a blog, but I don't really create it but I can help you put it where it belongs and I can show you how to create it.
1: That's that's awesome. So same question I asked Abby, what does ACB as the organization and the community mean to you?
5: ACB community gives me another space in which to create, if you can believe Mm -hmm. that. First of all, they give me a place to go and learn so i can go learn anything from cooking to knitting to writing to reading braille you name it it's there to learn or enjoy a social call chat i run two social calls uh, free to be me is a book slash what's on your mind social chat from 1 to two thirty, and i cut them short for pizza bingo party And I was told, I can't believe you're ditching us for pizza. (laughs) Being from New
1: York, honey, I'm going to ditch anybody for pizza. pizza Good.
0: (laughs) It was free pizza,
5: and I had been advocating for activities here.
1: I couldn't not go.
5: You know, when you make noise, you got to go show up when they finally do what you ask. So I did, and it was wonderful to meet people I didn't know from the community. And that was the whole idea. So um, it worked. That's just another part of what I do because while I was there, I taught. There's a lot of those ladies who read ebooks. You'd be amazed. And I gave them my business card, and some of them were looking at my website before the event was over. So I was not shameless about promoting myself.
1: <laughs> that is awesome. So we, I am hearing some hands already, and hopefully there's some uh, communication going on over there in clubhouse. We're gonna get to you folks in a little while, um, and we're gonna talk specific projects in a few minutes. But I thought it might be fun, and I'm putting I'm putting them on the spot. As I, I don't send out um, a, you know a an outline or questions. I'm a very conversational interviewer, so I'm putting you on the spot, but. I'm going to want to give you the opportunity to ask each other some questions. Whether you want to highlight something about the other person, or poke a little fun, or have a little fun with the audience, um, you know oh, what? My goodness, Abby's been quiet for a while. So, yeah, Abby, you've have got that. three. <laughs> you've got three questions for Patty.
7: Oh, uh, you know, Anthony, I have a question for you. Have you ever oh. played baseball? You you can certainly throw some interesting curveballs. All right, well
5: okay <laughs> don't don't worry about it abby i don't <laughs> offend easy so it's okay it's all good here
7: oh okay well um uh all right well let me see uh what do you think has been your best accomplishment in the past six months
5: oh good oh. Um, That's a really good question because I've had some great writing stuff happen, but I would have to say my greatest accomplishment, if that's what she wants, is the upcoming release of the Blended Lives Chronicles because uh, Sides of the Order has been trying to be written since 2016 and finally in 2022 the characters ganged up on me. In the middle of the night, and said, get up, we're done waiting, write it, and I did, so I'm real excited to see what people will think about it, because it is a fiction, but I will just not shy from it, or fence with you, um, it is my alternate ego world, and enough said there, I want you to read it, and, um, uh, if uh I don't know uh, any material I sent you, you're welcome to use or whatever you've got planned there, but um yeah it's my accomplishment,
7: okay, all right, I guess I have two more, so let's see how about um, oh no, I just lost my train of thought. I hate that, oh, oh gosh, um so um are the any of the characters and I haven't read the book yet, any of the characters in your blended lives chronicles inspired by anyone? In your life,
5: oh yeah, oh yeah, life. I, I mean, I'd really be lying if I said no or that I couldn't divulge that. Because when you read the book, if you know anything at all, I mean, if if a person comes to it completely unaware, um, if they just stumble upon the book on Amazon or something, bless their heart, may they enter with all knowledge that they will not be injured but um you know if you know me at, <laughs> if you know me at all um you know you'll understand some of what's in the in the book so if you read if you read me it, it will make sense and if you don't read me you'll still enjoy it you just might not know until you read my other stuff and then you'll go oh okay but i'm not going to say who because that's for you to find
7: okay all right Well, what advice would you give to any aspiring authors out there?
5: There is no perfect time. Um, Yes. You cannot say, when things get better, I'm going to. Or when I do blah, I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to. I'm going to. Never did nothing. Do it. Um, The first one I did was okay. It got people's attention, and then it kind of went away. Uh, Bubba Tales was cute, and I could have written a lot more of those, but things were what they were. Um, Pathway to Freedom had to be written, and I will write more of that, but uh, right now I'm not uh, able to do that. And the Blended Lives Chronicles, Sides of the Order is something I'm going to have a lot of fun with. I'm published in an anthology. um, And that story is the continuation of the Sides of the Order. So um, you can get that there.
0: Okay. All right.
1: All right, Patty, your turn. You've got three for Abby. Okay.
5: Okay. I want to talk about your uh, why grandma doesn't know me book. Okay. Because I was kind of, you know, we were in that writing group for a little right. while when we were right. writing chapters. And, you know, even though I didn't stay with that, I found that actually helpful to kind of mm-hmm. section it off and think about what you're writing before you go plunging forward. Right. Um, I think my work's a little cleaner. i um, doing some of that. Uh-huh. Any, anyway, um, So I watched you kind of write that book, and I know from reading it that there were changes along the way, and you fleshed out your character and your story, but what was really that inspiration? I want to know, you know,
7: what's in that?
5: Um, what, What really got that started for you?
7: I was inspired to write the book after reading a quote from Irma Bombeck. One of the bloggers I followed had published a bunch of quotes by Irma Bombeck on his site. And one of them was, your grandmother doesn't know who you are on Halloween. And having worked with nursing home residents suffering from dementia, I know for a fact that grandma may not know who you are year round. And that was, kind of the, yeah, that was kind of the premise for the book, and then the idea about a grandmother who doesn't recognize one of her granddaughters, who's a teenager, and and why would this be? And so, I don't want to give too much away in right, case anybody right. hasn't read the book, but that's kind of how the the plot and the characters came together.
5: Can I hook a comma on that question and say? Um the teenager in the book natalie when you open up with her and the going into the nursing home and all that and her thoughts about it and stuff you kind of see an unhappy kid in a way mm-hmm. um where does that come from that experience cuz it's there well you, you pulled into that emotion i know i can relate to that because i was a teenager and i know what that felt like
7: Right. Well, I think, you know, as you read more of the book, I think you'll see where the happiness, you know, uh, unhappiness stems from. Right. And I think you'll be delighted to know that, you know, that, that she changes throughout the course of the book. And, you know, at the end of the book, she's a totally different person. Oh, yeah.
5: The the character growth in Abby's books is quite awesome, actually. Very Thank refreshing you. from some of what you see today. Yeah.
1: Thank you. All right, question number two, Patty.
5: Okay, so this one kind of comes to mind um let's see how to phrase it so well, it's gonna gonna sound odd, so I hope you won't take it the wrong way. um you worked as a music therapist in nursing homes. And so you had experience in nursing homes. While you're doing this and writing, you meet Bill. And then later on, you have this experience of his having had strokes and needed care, such as what you were bound to have observed while working in a nursing home in one way or the other. Did those experiences ever... I mean, you came together, do you ever ask yourself about coincidence or synchronicity? Or is it just something you don't think about? Because that struck me the first time I read your work. I went, now wait a minute, that is just too much of a connection. And it always made me in awe of you because that is beautiful, actually, the way life came brought you two together in that way. You enhanced Bill's life in a special way, Abby, and I hope that you know that.
7: Thank you, thank you. Okay, well, um, yeah, very, very uh, heartwarming me. I'm sorry. For me. Yeah. I'm sorry. You, you were you done? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. You. Yeah, Go no, ahead.
5: you're good. I said this okay. is very very heartwarming to me to read. Oh, that.
7: well, thank you, thank you. Yes, and I mean that's the whole idea of my ideal partner is, um, I, I I wrote that to kind of help other caregivers to let them know they're not alone and you know that there are others out there who are in the same boat and of course I was uh surprised delighted now to see that the community here in the ACB community there is a caregiver caregiver Uh support group and uh I you know that that that's really the, the whole idea but now as for the synchronicity you know it did it it's um I'm inclined to think that uh you know if I hadn't if I because when Bill first proposed to me, it was a shock because I thought we just wanted to be <laughs> friends. And then all of a sudden, bam, here's this Braille letter from him asking me to consider uh, um, giving him my hand in marriage. And yeah. I I didn't know what to think. And so but then but then eventually I, I came around and I said, yes, as you will read in the book. And so he uh, won
5: you over in
7: he did eventually ah. it took some time
5: Did he? and of course it took you his, in his way
7: well in his way and the thing is um he, was six months before he sent me that letter he knew he wanted to marry me but he was trying to work up the courage because he had been <laughs> before right. so um yeah uh, so it, but he eventually did, did win me over and if i had said no you know bill might have still been a fowler when he had the stroke who knows when he would have been found because you know, he had friends visiting him, but may, but uh, I know for a fact that when he ended up with the West Nile virus, he was like sick for three days before somebody finally, you know, one of his neighbors came to see him and, and found him and, you know, got him to the hospital and that. But so who knows how long he would have lain on the floor before somebody found him after the strokes and, you know, what would have happened after that. So maybe, you know, some, some higher power puts together just so that when he had that stroke, I could be there and, you know, get him help and then, you know, take care of him because otherwise he might've spent the rest of his life in the nursing home. Of course, his mother was there. He might've been happy, but he might not have had as long of a life. So, you know, I, I guess you could say we, we were brought together for that purpose. Maybe.
0: Well,
5: that, and I think, you know, he really taught you how to love. Mm -hmm. Um, I just hear it in your voice, the love that you, that you have and that you now give to others in your writing and your music is a beautiful thing to witness. And if people don't haven't seen that and they need to listen or read, it's right there for them.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: All right, Patty, you've got one more.
0: Well,
5: I'll make this a fun one. Um, when you are not being an awesome writer, promoter, cause Abby does a great job promoting herself, by the way. Um, I just have to be on my toes and get it elsewhere when she puts it out. And uh, she is quite effective, I will just say.
1: I would say uh, that yeah, too.
5: Yeah, you can really take a lesson from her on her marketing. Just follow her blog, and that's all you have to do. But um, I want to know, when you're not being an awesome writer and you're not having fun learning music or practicing with groups, what do you do to have fun or let your hair down or just be who I don't have to do anything else for right now, but.
7: Well, I actually enjoy reading and, or or listening to podcasts or what have you uh, maybe occasionally I'll watch a described movie, but yeah, I just, just uh, what you call park and what you call recliner bill with, yes. with my cat and just, <laughs> you know, and, and just, and just take it easy for a while.
5: And it's wonderful to have that time and I've discovered another podcast that I like. So I've I've been kind of binging on that. You know, how you do when you find something new. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
7: Absolutely.
5: Yeah. Just wondered about that.
1: So I wanted to ask you both and, and I am kind of going on our own pathway with, with the three of us today. Talk to you, talk to us a little bit about vulnerability and, you know, how it manifests in your life, how it manifests in your art, and, you know, what I believe the more vulnerable we are, the the more we experience the world in its truest beauty, um, in its truest, and its truest ugliness as well, um, in its truest form. So, talk to us a little bit about vulnerability from your personal perspective. Let's start with Patty. I
5: think it's a first time that I felt really vulnerable, like I was on the absolute edge of what I might be able to physically stand. First time that I really felt that and um, was really experiencing raw uh, feeling from everything was what you will read in the Afterward of the ha- the Pathway to Freedom. Uh, 2020 book and I'm literally uh, <clears throat> literally living two lives at that point and trying to juggle them and keep my sa- sanity and it is very described in that I'm standing in the pouring rain and I'm literally yeah. on a preface. I'm on a preface uh, uh, it, the brink of a chasm and I could just step over that and they would put me somewhere and I wouldn't have to worry about it anymore. And I didn't choose that. So, um, that was pretty much the first time I ever felt real vulnerable.
1: And knowing that that's out there in the world, um, you know, they, we always say if, you know, if we touch one or two people, if, if we change, you know, one emotion for someone, is that part of your core?
5: Oh, absolutely. Um, I was going to get to that. So first of all, sometimes you can find that in the reviews that people have written in my book. I don't read yeah. those, those all the time, but about once a month or so I go look to see if there's any up there new and I try to find out who they are and contact them if they've left information receivable to me. And, um, you know, the other thing is I've gotten letters from people, um, uh, notes from people saying what my book meant to them or what they learned from it or what I empowered them to find the courage to do. Um, I had one lady write me and tell me that she'd been with her abuser for 25 years and she'd left him. And I've heard from her a few times since.
1: Oh, bless. How about you, Abby?
7: Okay. Well, um, I think i i i am so i feel so thankful to have not had been in, in an abusive relationship and, and have never been a victim of any kind of violence um and i'm also thankful that i that bill and i found each other when when we did and but the time that i seem to feel the most have felt the most vulnerable was after he suffered his first stroke and we weren't sure if he would walk again and you know I'd gotten used to having him you know he did the cooking and you know and and everything and so now I was having to do that and he was also taking care of our bank account and everything so now I was having to do all of that myself and that was when I felt the most vulnerable because when I was without him and having to go back to to being on my own again and uh so that's that that's my short answer to that question
1: And how about how it's, you know, it's in the world and how does it come back to you?
7: Well, you know, I I don't know that it has come back to me now that I, you know, I've been without Bill for 10, for over 10 years and I've gotten used to being on my own and I don't really feel that as much anymore uh, as I, more, any more than I did, you know, at when I, you know, after Bill had the stroke you know, after I'd lived with him for only three months and, and we've been married for only three months and so on. I don't think i felt it that much since then.
5: Anthony? Yes. Can I help you just a little knowing Abby and her interview style? Because I know what you're asking. Sure. Abby, in what way have you seen your writing affect other people? Have you gotten have you seen it in your book reviews or notes you get or comments on your blog or where do you see the return for your writing
7: well i i I would say i would say all of the all of the above i've gotten comments a lot of comments on my blog in response to what i post there i've gotten some good reviews on my books and uh, a lot of people have contacted me to tell me how much you know, how, my, how much they enjoyed the books, how much, say, my ideal partner inspired them because they were caregivers and so on.
1: Yeah. So um, let's, we're going to talk about your works now. Um, and we'll, I'm going to start with Abby. Abby, give us the you know the book flap, the jacket um synopsis of of your projects, and tell us what should we read first if we haven't read anything, Abby Johnson Taylor
7: oh boy, well, okay, I don't know about what to read first. It depends on what your preferences are. So my first novel came out in two thousand seven It's called "We Shall Overcome, and it's basically about a young woman who is visually impaired, who falls in love with a police officer, and she is afraid. Of cops because of something that happened to our younger brother years earlier, but then in the course of the book, that you know that changes, and you know as Patty says, you know the characters develop and so on and so forth. I don't want to give away too much, but that's that one. And then uh, my second book that was published in 2011 is a poetry collection called "How to Build a Better Mousetrap: Recollections and Reflections of a Family Caregiver." Now, in case you're wondering about the title um when bill was alive we were having an issue the aide from the senior center's help at home program was you know who came and gave him a shower three days a week was having trouble with her back and we thought that maybe it had to do with uh her lifting bill from the bed to the commode and you know to take him into the shower and our caseworker you know came and saw the situation and she said you know we i really don't know how to build a better mousetrap let me get a physical therapist in here and see what we can figure out and i thought okay we don't have a solution to this problem but i've got a great title for a poetry book so, <laughs> so that and so and the on the poems in that collection well there it's divided into four parts the first one is about my caregiving experiences the second one is recollections, childhood and young adulthood recollections. The third one is reflections on different, different topics. And then the fourth one is on aging. And though there are like six poems in there that were inspired by my experiences working as a music therapist with nursing home residents. And so, and then the third book that was published in 2014 is another poetry collection. It's called That's Life, New and Selected Poems. And um, that, the, the title and the title poem in that collection were inspired by my niece at the time who was 13. I was down there uh, in Florida for Christmas. Uh, let's see, I think, I think it was 20, uh, 2013. And we were going to go see the Nutcracker and she wanted to go to the beach with her friends he didn't want to come with us and and her mother you know said well your aunt abby is here you need to come with us blah 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 and so i got the idea to write this poem you know when you're when you can't go to the beach you know that's just the way it is and you know put on your big girl pants and deal with it and so and that and and the, the poems in that collection are about you know my life experiences and then some of them are about you know current events that you know that i read about at the time and and there's like it's, it's a chat book so there's like 30 poems in that one and then after that in 2016 came my ideal partner which is um you know the memoir about how i met and married bill and then took care of him uh, and then after that in um 2018 came the red dress which is a novel uh, I was inspired to write this while attending a memoir writing workshop, of all things. Um, we had been asked to write something about an article of clothing that insp- that uh, you know had a specific memory. And one lady wrote about a red blouse that her mother had made for her. She took it to college and a sorority sister somehow bullied her into giving her that red blouse. And so I got one of those what if moments I get as a writer. What if it was a red dress? And she wore my the character wore the red dress to her prom and then found the boy in uh inflect uh caught the boy in the act, let's just say with her best friend and so the red dress is a painful memory, and so she goes to college and her roommate bullies her into giving the dress to her, which she's only too happy to do and then twenty five years later um she receives a facebook friend request from the old college roommate. She's got an invitation to a class reunion. Uh, She's by chance meets her former, uh, supposedly best friend, and she's having to deal with all this. So that's the red dress. And then my latest book, Why Grandma Doesn't Know Me is, is about uh, a grandmother who tells her grand teenage granddaughter, a shocking secret on Halloween and how the family has to deal with this knowledge. And then I'm currently working on a short story collection called Living Vicariously in Wyoming. And the idea here is that you can, you know, you can live vicariously through other people, what they do, uh, you know, because read it like, for example, reading Patty's book about her experiences getting a guide dog and other unpleasantries. You know, you can live vicariously through her life, vicariously through that. And so the idea here is that, you know, we, we're here in Wyoming. We're no different from anybody else. We have, we have our, you know, pleasant experiences and not so pleasant experiences. And you can live vicariously through those if you want. And I'm hoping to get that published next year.
1: All right. So tell us about your blog, where they can find it, and they can find your books through the blog, I am okay, sure. Okay.
7: The easiest way to do this is to go to my website, which is HTTPS colon slash slash w w dot abby johnson taylor and that's a b b i e j o h n s o n t a y l o r dot com you will find uh not only a link to my blog but there's an rss feed on every page where you can read the last three posts And then you'll also find uh, some sample fiction, nonfiction, poetry, book reviews. You'll find some links of interest. And, of course, not to mention a page for each of my six books.
1: And uh, one last question. Is there a children's book creeping around in your head and spirit? A children's book?
7: Not really. Not right now, anyway. What? Why? Why?
1: No, I was just curious. I I oh. I feel like you'd have you'd have a great voice for for a children's book. Well,
0: thank um, you.
1: You're welcome. All right, so think about your acapella, Patty. You are up. Walk us through your projects and um, you know the flap, the basically the flaps analysis.
5: Okay. Well, I uh, can you hear me? Okay. Yep. Okay. I began writing in. 2014 and I do everything backward I always have I wrote the book and then I started the blog so in 2014 I wrote Campbell's Rambles How a Seeing Eye Dog Retrieved My Life and published it under DLD Books and um it was you know the story of my Going to the Seeing Eye and getting Campbell and coming home and what changes that brought for and what I began to realize. Only, I told a lot about the guide dog experience and I told about it. I didn't show about it, and then I just kind of skated over some things and this displeased people very greatly. Once the once Peter Ochsell started with that review, other people felt brave and they let me know as well. And I thought, fine, okay. So while I percolated that around, I wrote Bubba Tales, T-A-I-L-S, from the puppy nursery at the Seeing Eye in 2017. That was a real fun book to publish. It's The Dog's Point of View. King Campbell visits the puppy nursery to counsel some pups that are getting ready to go to their puppy raisers on you know, this is why you're here. This is what's going to happen to you. And they do it in a fairy tale style. And then, of course, one puppy becomes terrified and she runs away. And the question is, can King Campbell and the puppies find her so she can fulfill her destiny or do they not? And you have to read the book to find out. And then there's a bonus afterward, thanks to Claire placed mm-hmm. Publishing, um, Wish of the Wee Golden. I originally wrote that for a short, for an anthology she was doing, and it was so good that we put it in the book to let people know what the puppies did next. And so it's a lot of fun. And then in um, 2020, uh, during COVID and Campbell's passing, I finished writing the beginning of my memoir trilogy, Pathway to Freedom, Broken and Healed. And this was "How a Seeing Eye Dog Retrieved My Life," second edition. And I almost—I was so tempted to write, "You asked for it, now don't complain." Um, <laughs> but I haven't gotten bad result from that, so um, not to my face anyway. And um, any publicity is good publicity, and I'm always interested to know what people think. So then I decided I'm so sick of writing about all this junk about me, and um, I really don't, I'm not ready to talk about the uh, abusive days with Donnie before he went to prison, and I just, do am not ready to talk about that yet, I want to have some fun, and so I had been toying around with this Blended Lives Chronicles, and so I thought, what would happen if a, if a witch who had just found her power decided that she wanted to be more than just an average writer and she wanted to be a magazine owner, she wanted to be a reporter, and she wanted to work for the new Blended Lives Federation for the for the the possibility that people could learn to live together without everybody having to be right and killing people and etc. So I wrote that on that premise of what could happen if we all just really did learn to live on the earth with what we were given. And I went from there. And so here we are with the blended lives Chronicles sides of the order. And that's also been a lot of fun to write. And then I'm published in, um, Visions Anthology with, uh, the Portal Brings Christmas Love, and that's Leia and Derek sharing a wonderful moment. It's a lot of fun to write as well. And that was in Visions Anthology. And now, also publishing, while Blended Lives is publishing, I have the Midnight Roost Anthology through Writing to Be Read and Wordcrafter Press. And that is The Casualties of War which is the go between book one and book two for
1: the blended lives. And that's where I am. And so how often are your (laughs) how often are your characters bugging you? Like, Hey, get to work.
5: All the time. Like I get, um, if I'm not tasked with something to do, if I'm just left to my own devices lately, I found myself this morning kind of leaning on the bookcase in the hall where all my whatnots and things sit, just kind of daydreaming about what Derek and Leah would be doing next after the scene I'd just written. And I thought, what in the world? How long did I stand here? I was just kind of being lost in that daydream, and I'll be writing before later today because I'm already writing the second book, and the first one is not due out until the 31st.
1: All right, so tell us about your blog and the marketing, um, t- uh, teleto-
5: tell it to the world marketing?
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> so
5: in a nutshell, Patty's Worlds means just that. When you click pattysworlds.com, P-A-T-T-Y-S-W-O-R-L-D-S.com, you enter you enter Patty's Worlds plural. There really are worlds within the blog. And you have the uh <clears throat> the updates at the top with the pathway to freedom and the blended lives chronicles links there. And you have the um the tell it to the world marketing link and the submenu tabs there. Which are all of my marketing uh, offerings spread out in easy to get to and read links. When you open them, it's just a document for you to read, and it shows you what is offered, how much it will cost, and what you will get for you know this payment. Or you have options on you can try it for so much, or you can buy it per quarter or per year. And uh, I have a lot of different. People who pay a lot of different ways, and I mix and match the services, and some of them are free. So it's best just to go peruse that site. And uh, my podcast is on hiatus. I had talked to tell It to the world marketing does not have a feed home, but I am putting the audio versions up on my blog starting this next month. I'll be putting some up there from the, and I continue to do community calls with talk to tell it to the world marketing and I just did one on entrepreneurship yesterday. Yep. As you said. Or at some um, no Friday. <laughs> yeah, Friday.
1: Friday. <laughs> All right. So folks, you can start getting those hands up. Abby, will you grace us with a little bit of your voice? I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs>
0: mute. Amen <laughs> uh, Hey, we have Beth's? Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, sweet the sound That saved a wretch like me I once was lost But now am found Was blind. But now. I see. Through
7: many. Dangers. Toils. And snares. I
0: have. Already. Come. Tis grace
7: brought me safe thus far and grace will lead
0: me home amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me i once was lost but now am found was blind but now gorgeous.
1: Thank you, Abby. That, that was, was beautiful. Absolutely Thank beautiful. You. So I'm going to ask everybody, I heard a whole bunch mm-hmm. of hands go up, which I absolutely love and adore, but I'm going to ask for brevity. So Mary Ann, who do we have first?
2: We have Beth.
1: Hi, Beth.
6: Well, hello, everybody. Thank you very much for this extremely interesting presentation by both of you. And I have dipped into, for brevity, I won't go into detail, but I have dipped into some of your books and have really enjoyed them via BARD and want to do much more. My first uh, question, I'll go in alphabetical order because I've got a question for each of you. I wonder, Abby, if you have heard of, in your music therapy work, the Q chord and the auto harp, and what you think of those and my question for patty is your book the pathway to freedom i got i did read that one and enjoyed it very much is there also an ebook about guide dogs called pathway to freedom or pathways to freedom and did you have anything to do with that and I appreciate it. Thank you very much, guys.
7: Well, thank, thank you, Beth. Those are those are good questions. And so, yes, I have part of the Q chord and the auto harp. I've considered getting a Q chord, but uh, and I and I told myself last well, spring and summer I'm gonna do that and learn how to play it, but then one thing led to another and you know other things are going uh-huh. on. I just didn't have time, but maybe one of these days I will. And so, all right, so I'll let Patty answer her question.
5: Um, I did not have any, that other book that whatever you're talking about, um, I think I know what it is called, but it's not coming to me right now, but I did not have anything to do with that. My Pathway to Freedom, Broken and Healed is the name of the trilogy. And then the first book in that trilogy is How a Seeing Eye Dog Retrieved My Life, second edition. And that is, uh, November, 2020. I believe is when that was published and um, there is a second book and third to be had for that eventually when I'm able to write it. And right now I am doing fiction.
1: All right, Marion, who's up next? Thank you, Beth.
5: Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for being here.
2: We have
0: Alice. Alice.
2: Hello, Abby. That was such a beautiful rendition of amazing grace.
7: Oh, thank, thank you, you so Alice. And I'm so glad you could
2: come. Well, I have on my bookshelf and also on my Victor Reader stream books by both of you. And I love to collect books by authors who are blind or visually impaired. And certainly I uh, have enjoyed reading your your books, but I want to talk about Abby, your newsletter and Sense of humor. Oh, yes. uh, your newsletter is unique and one of the ones of writers that I most enjoy reading. So I hope you say a little bit of something about that. And sure. for both of you, uh, Wonderful. what is a touch of humor in something that you have written that you would like to share with us? And okay. if you have time, Anthony, please ask Abby to present one of her uh, poems with which she mixes yes. music because oh. those are so good also thank you oh. very much.
1: i will probably ask abby to do that during one of our upcoming behind the music so yes. that we can get his money hands but go ahead abby
7: right yes sure okay well i will i will try to uh be brief okay so the newsletter is called Uh, It's called News From My Corner. And actually, I write this from the perspective of my robotic, let me try that again, robotic cat, Joy. And so it's called Joy's Jottings, and it comes out once a month. And you can subscribe by sending a blank email to newsfrommycorner, plus sign, subscribe at groups.io. And if you go to my website, you will find information about that page on the bottom of about that new newsletter at the bottom of all my pages plus I do have an actual link to that information it says something like subscribe to my newsletter or something like that so you can find that on the site if you don't remember that address but it, it's news from my corner plus sign subscribe at groups.io and that comes out usually about the first of the month so um and let's see something humorous yes well um uh bill and i were hosting my local writing group's christmas party and after and this was after he uh was partially paralyzed by the first stroke and he was uh, and uh, and and people who have strokes sometimes have uh experience and they can't control their emotions and sometimes their emotions are inappropriate and so he'll often you know cry if he reads something that moves him in a book or an email or whatever and so he, he was sitting in his recliner we were all in the living room and and he suddenly he extended his arm um or his hand out to the woman sitting on the couch next to him and he didn't know it wasn't me he said hi honey and he reached out and he took her hand and of course across from the room i saw and heard everything and so i quickly said oh honey that's mary i'm, I'm over here And Mary, of course, was so embarrassed, she agreed to trade, she quickly offered to trade places, so I sat down next to him, and I took his hand, and I said to Bill, honey, I turned my back for 10 minutes, and you're hitting on another woman.
1: (laughs) Thank you for that. You're
7: welcome. You're welcome.
1: (laughs) All right, Clubhouse, you are more than welcome to join our conversation. Just let Lucy know you would like to speak if that is the case. Uh, Marianne, who's up next?
3: We have area code 682 ending in five, nine, seven,
1: 1682 star, 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 five hundred ninety seven has left the meeting. Oh,
3: okay. Then we have oh, Maria, okay. <laughs> we have Maria. Hello. Hello. Yeah. We hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, we do. Uh, thank you for, for such a great interview, Abby and Patty. I'm glad to hear you. And first of all, uh, Patty, thank you for your free to be me call. Uh, it's wonderful. You're welcome. Uh, yes. And um, I have uh, two questions for you. Two questions. Uh, first of all, about blogging. Uh, Patty and Abby, I want to ask uh, both of you. Uh, first of all, I'm a beginner blogger. And um, I'm ask- I want to ask you where, uh, where do you take an inspiration for new blog posts? Some blogging prompts or some uh, useful workshops for bloggers. This is one question, and uh, the second question is about writing a memoir uh when you write a memoir, how do how the people who are close to you
1: uh, uh
3: thought what uh, does they thought about it? And uh, does they tell you, oh, no, you shouldn't write uh, this <laughs> yes. or that? Or uh, <laughs> yeah. do you uh, f- uh, afraid to offend somebody uh, by uh, publishing some
7: uh, things? Thank you very much. I'm going to let Patty go you. First. Thank you. Uh, just out of fairness, because I've been going first, and I think it's time she went first. Oh, thanks.
5: <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> Um, Maria, welcome and thank you. For, you're welcome for. Oh, dear Lord, shut up. Don't I want the AI. Can oh, she's
7: talking there? to her. No, the she's talking to the computer. Zoom, Zoom yeah. is
5: giving me an AI insistence and I don't want him. So, anyway, um, so first of all, thank you for coming. And um, Maria is um, calling us from way around the world and she comes to the free to be me call. And I enjoy having her and uh everybody else that comes too but um what, did, what exactly did you want to know about the my uh, blogging and oh, blogging you know, okay personal experiences but i suddenly got lost in the answers um <laughs> so blogging i started after the book most people do it the other way around most people start a blog and then they. <clears throat> write a book, whether it's fiction or nonfiction or whatever that seems to be the trend. but I don't ever follow anybody's path but my own so after I discovered blogs, I started putting it up by myself, and it was kind of easy, but I soon found out that because I couldn't see, I was leaving things out like themes and you know different visual things. so I got someone to help me, and she was helping me publish my books. So I got the thing set up so that I could write it in a document and put the post on the blog and post it. And as I've gotten more experienced and read more blogs and learned more tech and found people to work with, um, the blog has grown into, it's much different than it was. So you just have to decide what you want, find a platform, whether it's WordPress or Um, blogger, blogspot, or, you know, whatever, I recommend WordPress, or I'm published under SiteGround, but it's still a WordPress house. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, you just have to, it's like writing, you just have to start doing it and find your audience. And um, I do help with some of that. Um, Again, I don't create, but I do uh, help you with getting Figuring out your content and where to put it, et cetera. And I can refer you to a lot of people as well.
7: Thank you. Abby, okay. anything to add? Yes, yes. Well, um, I don't like Patty. I I didn't really start blogging until after my first came book came out, too. So, <laughs> you yeah, know, that. yeah, that that's one way we were alike. But uh, you know, I really I think she pretty much, you know, said it all. I, you know, and I was actually. You know, I've been blogging on WordPress for quite a long time, and I've gotten quite a following—over a thousand followers. And the idea is to try to post as often as you can. Now, I've decided um, after this week, I'm going to start cutting back because I'm starting to feel overwhelmed by I everything don't doubt that I'm it.
5: doing. You are doing a lot, and so
7: I'm—I am going to be cutting back, and maybe, maybe one, twice, or maybe three, two or three times a week. Starting probably the next week, week after this, this but, uh, but that's, that's the idea just to keep blogging and, and keep putting yourself out there. So I'm sorry, Anthony, go ahead.
1: How about Maria's second question, you know, um, with memo writing and, and also with blogging, you tend to use
7: personal situations. Oh, memo writing, Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, that's right. Thank that you too. for reminding yeah. me. I've forgotten about that. <laughs> yes. Oh well. What I did with my ideal partner, I there weren't. I didn't think there were going to be any negative feelings from anybody being written about. Um. The, the but with some of the medical professionals that may have said or done something that people might perceive negatively, I changed their names. So uh so that the doctor's name is different, you know, our caseworker has a, a different name. Oh, so uh, that that kind of thing. But yeah, but I really didn't have a problem because there weren't there wasn't anything. It was mostly about, you know, dealing with the the medical professionals while caring for him and learning how to take care of him and, and our experiences that we had, and there really wasn't a lot of negativity in that to worry about. Now Patty may have may have a different take on <laughs> that. Oh
5: but... well only because my content is so different
7: right Exactly. Um, you know
5: I, yeah. I i appeal to um i won't say a specific class but a um well it's just a certain kind of person is going to appeal to this book the book is for anybody who wants to read it and enjoy it and there's something in it you will enjoy and i can say that with confidence because i get a lot of feedback from a lot of very different sources, and I love that from around the world, but um, the, I have gotten some blowback from a few people after writing the second edition of Campbell's Rambles, because, um, or Housing, I dog, My Life, same difference, uh, because I did tell it And I told the truth. I decided that I wasn't going to sugarcoat it anymore. This is how it happened. And if you did not want to be involved in the telling, you should not have gotten into the mix in the first place over with. And I wrote it and I stand by it and I will stand by what I write after.
1: Thank you. All right. Um, uh, Marianne, how many hands do we have?
3: We just have one, Anthony.
1: All right, perfect. Who's up next?
3: We have that 1682. This, I'm sorry, 682 area code 597. I mean, uh, ending 597.
0: This is there. Calandra. There you are. Oh, hey, Calandra. Calandra. Long time Hi. Landra. Oh, my goodness. It's been a while, Calandra. To yeah. Hey. Yeah. How are you guys? We are one We are so glad to I hear can't from you. The yeah. So I had a, yeah. Anyway. Um. First of all, I want to say to Abby, is that this is? I love your song "Amazing Grace." It is oh, beautiful. You. you have a beautiful voice to it. And well, thank you. Um. Also, do you play any other instrument besides the auto harp? And Patty, I like it, the description of your book. What is it called again? And do you read any other books?
7: Okay. Oh, I, I since think I she's made, asking what are some of the first? Other books
1: you like to read. Yeah. Let,
5: let Abby
7: do that first. i I'll, I'll, yeah. Since since it. I made Patty go first last time, I will go first Yeah, time. go ahead. Fair, fair. okay fair. Give me a so, minute to no.
5: what I want to say.
7: Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, I, I know what you mean, because I was in that boat earlier. So, all right. So, anyway, <laughs> now I just lost my train of thought again. All oh, right. Sorry. Um. So, okay. So, no, I do not play the auto harp. I play the piano, and I play the car. Or the car. Yeah, right. The guitar. <laughs> uh yeah it's, <laughs> um i i tell you i'm just drinking water that's all i'm drinking but anyway all right uh so i play the piano and the guitar i thought about playing the q chord but haven't worked up the courage to to purchase it and learn how to use it and get the time to do that so i just play the piano and the guitar and uh let's see was there another one that you had asked me calandra i've
1: What other kind of books do you like to read for pleasure? What
7: what kind of books? Well, I now, you know, my book reading tastes have mellowed out in my old age. I like memoirs. (laughs) I like novels that, you know, don't have a lot of graphic. I'm reading one right now called Love Letters from a Mantra about a gentleman, a writer who is writing letters to his dead wife and leaving them at a graveside and how that is affecting him and and it's, it's so it's that kind of book is what i like to read now memoirs you know novels that don't have a lot of graphic fiction and and stuff like that so uh yeah those, those are my preferences patty? Do like poetry too. yeah go ahead patty
5: um so what i'm reading i read an eclectic uh i read everything from i have Going The Nazi Experience, which is a um, memoir slash autobiography slash political uh, history kind of thing.
1: Blended memoirs. Yes.
5: And then I have um, the Brett Battles uh, Project Eden series, which is sci-fi and and, uh, apocalyptic fiction. And then I read Nora Roberts, which is magic. And so I'm, you know, very eclectic in what I read. And what was the other one? What
1: was it? Just give you um, your website again, because she can get yep. the synopsis okay. for all your books there. Yeah.
5: So if you go to pattysworlds.com, P-A-T-T-Y-S-W-O-R-L-D-S.com, you can find everything about me there. And there is also an email Patty link, which will br- bring you straight to me.
1: I'm going to jump in here too. Um, I I am an eclectic reader. I read a lot of, of different genres and and focuses, um, but I have I, I found, I love blended memoirs, by the way, I love history, you know, intermingled with the, the memoir telling, um, but I have found, and I'm a huge Nora Roberts fan, um, that goes back about 15 years now, when I first found her, I thought, oh, she's a romance writer, you know, how good could these stories really be? Um and then uh, to my shocker, they're absolutely yeah, amazing. Huh? Yeah. But I have found cozy mysteries to be very um a, at the end of a day when when I need, you know, I have very hard time sleeping. When I need to get out of my own head, I, I find the cozy mysteries that are, you know, 12, 15, 20 books in a series. Right now I'm reading something called um the Diva series by Krista yeah. Davis. Um I you know, and it you you become friends with these characters you, you become a part of the world and it it really takes me out of out of my head space so let me do a shit, ch- Thank you Calandra. and please come back calandra we haven't heard from you yeah, in a while and we, we miss, miss you, you.
7: absolutely yeah
1: yes um on karaoke and on sunday edition and in the community mary Ann, do we have any other
6: hands? You do not
1: then I want to and I, I had planned this all along I want to give um Patty and Abby the opportunity to say something beautiful to each other about your friendship and maybe to say something to inspire, you know, friendships that are out there. Um, you know, women to, to reach out to other women, men to reach out to women or other men. Um, talk to us about your specific friendship and friendship in general. Let's start with Patty.
5: Okay. Can you hear me?
1: We can. Yes. Okay.
5: Yeah. Cause I was getting a, your signal is weak. Okay. Um. Whatever. Shut up. Zoom. So, To me, um, Abby, I guess if I had uh, to be on the spot to pick something to say, I would have to say that you are a very supporting person in your own right and that your uh, ability to step in quickly and assist is wonderful. Um, But And your ability to also say, no, you know what, I don't have time to do that and while keeping our friendship completely out of it has been a refreshing change for me in working with people because so many people don't um it's wonderful that you are so committed to your work and to the work of your fellow authors and i just think that um you're so merged with what you do it is lovely to see an author in that way it is rare in this
7: day and
1: age absolutely
7: Okay. Abby. All right. Um, well, yeah, I would say that Patty, you are an inspiration, not just to me, but to any to to anyone who reads your blog, who has re- read your book. You know your your um Campbell's Rambles and and uh, how a seeing eye dog retrieved my life, and and that you know that that you have faced a lot of adversity, but yet you still come out positive and not necessarily unscathed but yet you you just keep going and you try not to let things bother you and i mentioned this earlier but that attitude of just you know making every day a good day no matter what is just and, uh, it's an it's an inspiration it's all i can say so that's that's what i'm having to say thank you
5: well i think the funniest thing for me is it tickles me sometimes because every once in a while i just have enough And I kind of boil over a little. And Abby will write me some quick line to remind me of the sayings that I put out there. And it brings me back to myself. And it's lovely to have a friend who will do that in such a way as not to be offensive or or anything. And you don't get see that often either.
1: Absolutely. I am so honored that we were able to have this conversation today these two hours flew by um sometimes some shows are a little more difficult than others to get through um this one was an absolute joy and breeze to get through uh behind the music is every first and third friday of the month at 7:30 p.m. and we usually have something meaningful and beautiful by Abby so please come and join us for that next week we have all things gala on sunday edition And everyone have a beautiful week. Stay safe um, if you're out there trick-or-treating or, or, you know, doing some Halloween activities. And um, have a beautiful week. Thank you so much.
0: Thank Thank you. you. Have a great day.
1: You've been listening to Sunday Edition on ACB Media stream one that's american council of Divine media or wherever you listen to your podcasts episodes drop every week at 1 p.m on sundays and you can email us at sunday edition ac all one word sunday edition with the letters ac at gmail.com let's brunch again together
0: next sunday